As I said, we're going to be in Romans 15 today, 8 through 13. So we're taking a break from 1 John for this Advent series. And what Ed read was the example of Christ as he was setting the context for us there. And just before in the book of Romans, I just want you to know that right now Paul's been talking to the the church in Rome. And in verse 14, I'm just setting the context for you. In, In verse 14, he's been talking about not passing judgment on one another. This whole section has been talking about unity. And then he goes into, at the end of 14, he starts talking about do not cause one another to stumble. Then he goes straight into 15, which Ed read concerning the example of Christ and talking about the hope and the encouragement that we have from the Scriptures. And then this section generally is titled Christ, who is the hope for the Jews and the Gentiles. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to start, and as we get started, what I want to explain to you is as we're dealing with prophecies, because that's a lot of what we're going to be dealing with over the next couple weeks is prophecies. And there's a lot of perspectives and ideas that these prophecies really weren't about Jesus. There's people who would say, no, 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 these weren't about Jesus. Well, what's interesting is if you'll turn with me or you can look up on the screen to Luke chapter 24. I want to read a couple things to you. Listen to what Jesus says about the scriptures. In Luke 24, 25, 26, and 27, And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And listen to this, verse 27, this is incredible. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So what's that that's saying there is Jesus, as he was walking along the road here, he explains to them, starting with Moses, which means the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and here saying all the prophets, meaning the rest of the Old Testament, he explains to them how all that is about him. Okay? A little further down in verse 44, then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms or the writings must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And the repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. At the end there, what it's talking about is, stay in the city until God's Spirit comes upon you. And we see that in the early book of Acts. What he's explaining there, and what I want you guys to get as we go into these various prophecies over the next few weeks, is the Scriptures are about Jesus. The Old Testament Scriptures, the Law, the first five books... In different ways, they're about Jesus. Most of these being that there's a shadow of the real. Jesus is the real. Many of the things, the law, all these things were pointing to Jesus. We won't read it, but in John 5, he says, you search the scriptures for eternal life. The the scriptures point to me. Ultimately saying, he's the one that eternal life is in. And the scriptures attest to him. Turn on back over to Romans 15. So I wanted to lay that, f- that framework for you. As we look at these various scriptures, we're going to see that they're talking about Christ. Even sometimes when we don't understand how they do, that's what they're talking about. So, Romans 15, starting in verse 8. For I tell you 
that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. A lot going on there. To start off, the patriarchs, if you're not familiar with talking about there, that's going to be kind of the forefathers of the faith. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's going to be the forefathers. So what ultimately he's saying here is, I tell you that the Christ, specifically Jesus, and again, we've talked about this before, Christ has a lot of meaning in there, right? Christ is talking about the Messiah, the promised one. This is going to be the Greek. This is the Greek New Testament word for this Messiah, this promised one. All these promises, these hundreds, hundreds of prophecies about Jesus, over hundreds of these, all about him showing that he's the Christ, he's the Messiah. He became a servant to the circumcision. What that ultimately means is talking about the Jewish people. Again, Jesus was Jewish himself, and he came to be a servant to the Jewish people. He came to redeem them. In his coming, this shows the truthfulness of God. And remember, God gave these promises all the way back to Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He kept giving these promises, and to show that those promises would come true, Jesus comes and says, look, it's true. I've saved these people. I've made a way for Israel to be saved. But, in verse 9, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. The plan has always been for all the peoples, all tribes, all nations to worship God. It started with Israel, who was supposed to be a light themselves, and then it was to flow to the Gentiles. Okay, But Israel, one thing we saw is Israel kept being disobedient, disobedient, disobedient. Well, Israel ultimately... Jesus is the way that all the, all the Gentiles, all the peoples of the world is reached. That's the way the promises come true. Like to Abraham, the promises to Abraham that his descendants through his seed would be as many as the stars in the skies. So, both things are happening here. He's saving the people of Israel, and he's saving the Gentiles through them. Verse 9, "...and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy." Again, even though Israel was his chosen people, he shows his mercy by going to even the Gentiles. And again, if you're in here and you're not of the Jewish blood, you're a Gentile. And so we praise God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. This is coming out of 2 Samuel 22, Psalm 18. One of these two, maybe both of these. This is what's being quoted here. Verse 10, and again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his hope. Out of Deuteronomy 32. What he's doing right now, what Paul's doing, is he's quoting these Old Testament texts to show that God's plan was not just for Israel, but it was for Israel and the Gentiles both. Verse 11, and again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. Coming out of Psalm 117.1. Verse 12, and again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. The root of Jesse, we're talking about this is being tied to David and the promises to David. That again, David's throne would endure forever. And from that, who's from David's line if you track down? Jesus is, and that's the way he rules forever. And it's in, those Gentile, it's, it's in him that the Gentiles have hope. 
Now we're going to look at verse 13, and this is where we're going to camp for a while. This is where we're going to get into hope in particular. Verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Start off with a question for you. Think for a second. You don't have to answer. What actually is hope? What is hope? Just think for a second. When you hear the word hope, what comes to your mind? See, a lot of times we use this word hope, and we actually use it in a little bit of an uncertain sense. Well, I hope it doesn't rain today as we look outside, right? If it's sunny out, we really don't say that, but it's kind of out, kind of overcast. We say, oh, I hope it doesn't rain today. If you're thinking about maybe someone who's going to come to church with you, you're not really sure if they're going to, well, I hope they're going to come. The idea of hope is interesting because we don't use it the way the Bible uses it. The Bible, every time hope is used, it talks about a confident expectation. A confident expectation that has a a link to a desire. So you want this thing to happen, you have a desire for it to happen, but you're also confident and expecting that it's going to happen. Okay? So, when we're talking about the way the Bible uses hope, it's going to be a little different. And so, as I've titled the sermon, To Hope in the King, the idea is that we're going to have this confident expectation that he's coming, that he's coming back. I want to look at a a couple verses with you. If you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to read this to you. This is talking about the certainty of God's promise. Listen to this. Hebrews 6, I'm going to start in 17. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his, pur- of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that the two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Verse 19 is what I want you guys to sink in. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What stood out to me as I was preparing for this is this verse 19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. The anchor of the soul. What I want for you, to, for you guys to understand is our hope is our anchor for our soul. That's where our hope is. So, we're going to try to get Real for a second. What do you hope in each day? What do you hope in each day? Let me draw an analogy for you. Okay, if you're out on a boat 
You got an anchor. Okay? That's your hope. Sometimes you have a big anchor. Sometimes you have a small anchor. Okay? Small anchor, small hope. Big anchor, big hope. Okay? You have your small anchor, your big anchor. You need to throw the, you need to drop the anchor in the water. Okay? You're dropping it in the water and you're hoping that it hooks to something, right? You're hoping your desire is that you're going to stay put. That's why you're putting the anchor down. It all depends on one if, you, if your anchor's tied off to your boat. <laughs> Some of you made that mistake before, right? It needs to be tied to the boat. Okay? It has the rope, you have the anchor, it goes down. As long as it goes down right and it hooks into something that it's supposed to hook into, you're going to stay put. Now, there's a nice, a kind brother in here who took me and Ashton, who will be coming fishing, and we were trying to anchor ourselves one day. We were fishing out here, and we are trying to get close, and we kept trying to anchor ourselves, and we kept putting it down, and we kept sliding. And we'd pull that thing up, and there'd be some grass on it. Take it off real quick and try to throw it back down. Another time, I was actually with my, my mother, and we were out, and a, and a storm came. And I'm talking, it was a pretty bad storm. And we were out swimming around. We were doing, um, we were kind of just swimming around. We were looking for scallops and things like that. And the wind is just whipping, and the boat's going. And so I'm, hang- <laughs> I'm hanging on to the anchor, and we're going, and I'm trying to dive down. As the boat's whipping, I'm trying to dive down underwater and get that thing to hook as we're going. Okay? It's not catching. We're going too fast. It's just dragging through that sand. Here's the thing. Depending on what you hook your anchor into is whether or not your boat's going to stay still. Okay? If your anchor is hooked into Christ, our hope, if it's hooked into the living God, as Peter talks about it, when he talks about hope, when all, every time it's talked about hope, it's hoping in God, hoping in Christ, hoping in the living God, hoping in our redemption. When your hope is into a, I'm talking a huge, gigantic rock that's under there, and we hook that anchor into there, we're not going to go anywhere. Unless our anchor's too small, our rope's too weak. That's where our hope comes in. But if you hook it into the right thing, you won't go anywhere. You're going to be okay. Here's the problem. Here's what we do. We often hook our anchor into the wrong place. And we put our hope in our circumstances instead of the king. Let me give you an example. The doctor said it's cancer. It's cancer. And there's nothing we can do. Well, I guess what we'll do is we're going to pray and hope that it changes. We're going to do this medicine. We're going to do this treatment. And we're going to hope that it changes. It may or may not change. The person may or may not be healed. The cancer may or may not go away. If your anchor is in the circumstances, it's going to get ripped away. You're going to be disappointed. My son, he's run off. He's gone away from the faith. I don't think he's going to believe anymore. I don't know. His life, it's all messed up. He's into drugs. He's into alcohol. All these things. I hope those circumstances change. They may or may not. If you put your hope in the fact that the circumstances may change, you'll never have joy. 
you'll never truly have joy and peace because of circumstances we can't control. But in both of those situations, the way we put our anchor, our hope in Christ is we say, I don't know what to do about this cancer. I don't know what to do about my son, my daughter. I don't know what to do about the job I just lost. I don't know what to do about any of these things, God, but my hope is in you. So ultimately, no matter what happens, when I die or the one who has cancer, if they pass, they're with you. That cancer didn't get any better, but they were healed. My son, my daughter, I don't have a job. I don't know what's going on. If the circumstances, if we're just going to wait for the circumstances, we're going to continue to be discouraged because the circumstances don't get better. Let me give you another example from Scripture. Do you remember when Jesus and his disciples, they go out and they're out fishing? Now again, most of these are fishermen. Okay, They get out on the water and a storm comes. And it's a bad storm. Now, if you've ever been out and you're out with seasoned fishermen, if they're not worried, you don't need to be worried. Right? They know what they're doing. Okay. Same thing when you're on a, a plane. If you're a plane, turbulence starts to get bad, look at the stewardess. <laughs> if they're going, if they, you can see they're nervous, might be time to start praying. <laughs> but if they're good, no problem. We're okay. Right? These guys who grew up fishing start freaking out on the boat, don't they? The winds, the waves are coming. They're going around. What's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Again, side note. Saw this on a t-shirt. It's wonderful. Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus and take naps. Okay, it's a good thing. No one get upset about naps. It's a good thing. Love that t-shirt. Anyway, Jesus is sleeping through this storm. And what do they do? They go to him, don't they? They run to Jesus. Hey, hey, wake up, wake up. Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you even care? Jesus wakes up. (laughs) You have little faith. Right? He rebukes the wind, the waves. Boom, everything stops. They couldn't control what was going on around them. Listen to me. You can't control what's going on around you. You really can't. You can do your best to follow Christ. Put your anchor in Him. Put your hope in Him. Just be with Him. Everything else, it's going to be crazy. And those winds and the lightning and the rain, it's going to be so bad that even though you're seasoned, even though you've made it through a lot, you're going to freak out sometimes. Here's the point. Here's what those guys should have done. They should have snuggled up next to Jesus and took a nap. They should have. They should have snuggled up next to Jesus and took a nap because, again, you look to the king. If the king's over everything and the king says it's okay, snuggle up and say it's all right. Let's get some rest. That's where our hope has to be. That's how we hope in the king. We hope we look back at his first coming. We're preparing for that. You've got to remember, when all this was written, these, all these prophecies were talking about the coming king. Talking about him. That's what people put their hope in. They looked at the Scriptures and said, this Christ, this Messiah is coming. We're going to put our hope in him. When he actually comes, the people around him, those who follow him say, there he is. We hope in him. There were those who said, that's not him. Even his, right, in his own town, that's not him. Long before, there were people who were saying, that's him. And there were some saying, that's not him. He's not coming. That's not going to be true. And now on this side of the cross, there's a bunch of us who would say, that's him. We can look back and say, that was him. And there's quite a few who say what? That's not him. 
The encouragement comes from the Scriptures. If you're not in the Scriptures, you can't be encouraged. You can't have hope. The encouragement for hope comes in the Scriptures. You have to be in the Scriptures. We have to be here to hear the Scriptures. And here's the thing. Now watch it become. Because again, this whole section, if you listen to what Ed read carefully, this whole section was about unity that Paul's writing in Romans. It's all about the, 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 the church in Rome being together, not treating each other poorly. This is how we do it together. My anchor sometimes, guys, is extremely small. My hope sometimes is really small. I start worrying about and throwing my anchor in insurance, money, Trump, the government. You start throwing that anchor other places, it's not going to hold. It's not going to hold. And sometimes I'm saying to you, I do it. You do it. We all do it. Here's the point. If we all have our anchors and our rope, and we wind those things around each other, and we braid them together, and we throw that, all of our anchors together on this rock that's not going to move, then we're helping each other, we're holding each other. That's part of how we do this. As we say these things together, we do these things together, we encourage one another specifically with the Scriptures so that we have hope in the coming King. Does that make sense? You tracking with me? Okay. Response time. Two responses. Psalm 39.7. Psalm 39.7. It's short. You can see it up here. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Here's the first response. If you haven't put your hope in Christ, if you haven't said, that rock, that's where I'm putting my anchor. If you've never done that before, today's the day to do that. Do that. That's the response for you who've never done that. Second one, Psalm 42.5. Some of you will be familiar with this one. Why are you cast down or downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever just felt so knotted up inside? Just destroyed? Because it is cancer? Because it's a sickness? Because it's... I mean, look at our list. Our prayer list. It feels hopeless sometimes. What are we going to do? We have to have an eternal perspective. We have to listen to the Scriptures, the truth of the Scriptures, and hope in God. For I, Here's the promise, right? Hope in God. Feel down. We feel distant. Has God ever felt distant to anyone in here? Maybe just me. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. If you've gotten off track a little bit, if you were like us fishing or when I was with my mom and you're getting drugged by the boat because, man, it's just, it's just hard. And you're trying to get that anchor in the ground and it's just not even sticking because life is just way too hard right now. 
But you do know, you have before put your hope in Christ. You know that's where it's supposed to be. You are a believer. The encouragement for you today is put your hope back where it belongs. And the encouragement for all of us is let's do this together. Let's hope in God together. So that way when some of us have a smaller anchor or our rope is weaker, the rest of us are right there to help. And then when their anchor is smaller and weaker than those who have that bigger anchor at that point, can help hold us together. I'll ask Phil to come on back up and uh, I'll close in prayer and then we'll have our invitation. Again, hope in Christ for the first time, return your hope to Christ. That's your response. If you want, you can pray there in your seats, in the pews. You can pray, you can come up here, whatever you want to do. But let me close in prayer and then we'll uh, have the invitation. God of all grace, we love you and we do thank you for the fact that you have given us hope. Lord, you give us hope. You even say in the scriptures that if we ask for hope, if we long for hope, that by your Holy Spirit, you will give it to us. You will help us. So we know that we need to pray to ask for this. And with that, we will have joy and peace. I pray now for my brothers and sisters in here, Lord. I pray that if they have had their hope in you in the past, Lord, but It's just gotten off track. They're just trying to put it in something else. In the circumstances, I pray that they put their hope in you. And Lord, if there's anyone in here today that has never truly put their faith, their hope, their trust in you for the first time, I pray, Lord, that they would would cry out to you from their seat now or come forward and I'll pray with them. Lord, we're thankful that you're a God who loves us and that we can hope in you. You are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen.